Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real with Dr. Keel, the ASA podcast. One of these days I'm going to quit being embarrassed by marketing, um, but not yet. <laughs> so here we go. This has been an interesting week as far as economic data is concerned. We've kind of been talking about this off and on for several months. We're seeing transition when it comes to inflation. We don't know how much yet, um, but you're getting some interesting messages. The Fed met this week, and Jerome Powell suddenly began to sound a little bit dovish. Not a whole lot dovish, but a little bit. Um, the rates were raised again by another quarter point, and that's certainly not necessarily good news. But if you compare it to what was being discussed even a month or so ago when three-quarter point was still on the table, then it was reduced to half and now ends up being a quarter, you're getting a lot of variation with the various central banks because this week you also heard from the Bank of England and you heard from the European Central Bank. Christine Lagarde with the European Central Bank is still sounding very hawkish. They have raised rates or are planning to raise rates to three points. It's been at 2.5. So even as she's taken a more hawkish position, the ECB was slower to start raising rates um, than was the Fed. So we're sitting, getting up there close to the high fours, but Europe is still at about the three level. The Bank of England is kind of siding with the U.S. They're also raising their rates, but not by much, and anticipating a reduction in inflation. What it comes down to is that a lot of the drivers that were making a big impact last year have begun to fade. We're not seeing the impact from energy, particularly. The energy prices have gone down pretty universally. Natural gas is way down. Oil is back down into the 70s and low 80s. We just aren't seeing the energy crisis that we thought we were going to see even two or three months ago. I mean, if you look back at the news, we were thinking that Europe was going to get hammered by a very, very aggressive winter, and they were going to have to buy a lot more fuel from the U.S., which has not turned out to be the case. They're even seeing diesel prices fall because we're not sending as much to Europe as we anticipated. So the energy threat is down. The commodities threat in general is down. The supply chain is starting to recover, and we're anticipating more of that as China kind of gets through its transition. They abandoned the zero tolerance thing a few months back, but they ended up with millions of people getting COVID because they hadn't been exposed. I've talked about that before, but that's now running its course. Most of the people who got it are now recovering. Then they had to go through Lunar New Year when people book from their jobs and go back to their ancestral villages. That's about over. So once all of that is in the past, China should be getting back to at least semi-normal production. Whether or not we are interested in buying it is another question. I mean, obviously, we're going to continue to import from China. We've been importing billions for years. But I think that there's a palpable shift in where people source in China is no longer at the top of the list. 
So we're going to see some of the iconic repercussions, I guess, is the best way to put it, as far as China coming back on the scene. We're likely to see more port congestion as more material starts coming into the West Coast ports, but maybe not as bad as what we saw a couple of years back. So here's kind of the outlook for inflation, recession, all that kind of stuff for this coming year. If inflation keeps falling the way it has been, the number one thing we'll be looking at is wages. And I've talked about this before. The wage situation has been made worse by the worker shortage. I mean, we're definitely still dealing with all those indicators that suggest that we don't have as many applicants as we used to. There are still 10 to 11 million jobs on offer, maybe 6, 7 million people looking for those jobs. Many of those people are in the gig economy now. One of the questions I constantly get when I travel is, what are people doing for a living if if they're not working? And kind of the implication is, is that they're all still getting government money. That's pretty much run out. I mean, there isn't that much in the way of stimulus cash going to the population. Now, some states are still doing what they can to push money up, but the federal government is not. What we're dealing with is that gig economy. We're dealing with the fact that people are making a living with Lyft and Uber and DoorDash and Internet Laundry and all the different things that people can do that they weren't able to do in the past. And that complicates the whole issue of of jobs. We don't really know how many people are employed because they're not formally employed and not in the traditional sense. So we're going to continue to see wages go up for the skills and the education that are in demand. I mean, we had a year ago a situation where inflation was running much higher than wage increases. I mean, we were looking at 9.2, 9.5% inflation and wages are going up maybe at a rate of 5.5. Well, now they're almost dead even. The consumer price index from earlier this month, I was sitting at 6.5 and the wage rates are going up at 6.5. So at this point, the driver for inflation going forward is wages. And we're going to be watching it like a hawk because unlike commodities, unlike the factory gate prices, unlike almost any other driver that we've seen, supply chain, etc., wages don't go down. Once they go up, they stay up. And the only way they do go down is when you get big layoffs, and those would signal a big recession. So we're probably, at this stage, going to escape a full-on recession. That's becoming the consensus view. Doesn't mean we're not going to hit a downturn. Doesn't mean that we're not going to see slow growth in the first, maybe even second quarter. But I'm kind of with the more optimistic glass-half-full bunch that things that we're going to buy a little bit of, of relief because we're seeing a recovery in global inflation. That's going to let the central banks back off a little bit, and we should get through the next few quarters with a reduction in growth, which was inevitable given how fast we grew in 21, but not really approaching a recession. And if you look at the data that we collect, Armada collects for our strategic intelligence system when we look at manufacturing, it's been saying that for several months, that we get a dip 
in the first and second quarter, comes out of it in the second quarter and begins to accelerate by the third. So I guess I'm leaving on a mildly optimistic note. You know how economists are. You know, we we are never actually optimistic. We're cautiously optimistic. That's because we always know that 90% of the time we're wrong and we're hedging our bets. So at this point, even with bets hedged, I think we're going to do a little better in the coming year than we thought we would even a month or so ago. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next week.